Hi, everyone. My name is Kurt Chisholm, the CEO of LeaseUp, the CRE deal platform, and you're listening to The Shift. So excited for today's episode. We're being joined by Sonia El-Sharif. Sonia is a former broker at JLL, who now is the chief of staff at JLL Spark, the venture capital arm of JLL. Sonia's background is so cool. She has such a unique role today, uh, and I think it's incredible how she's been able to go from the brokerage world and so seamlessly transition into the venture capital world and the benefits that having the background in brokerage has been able to, to give her. So enjoy today's episode. We cover a ton of ground. Welcome to the show. Everyone, welcome to the shift. Thank you so much for joining today. Joined by the one and only Sonia El Sharif. Sonia is the chief of staff at JLL Spark, the venture capital arm of JLL. I'm so thrilled to have you today, Sonia. How's everything going? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I want to dive right in. I think you are the first broker in history to go from being a commercial broker out into the venture capital world. Um, but before we dive into the transition, tell us about kind of the background, like how you got into real estate, how you got into jail in the first place. Sure. So the background is I started my career as a personal trainer and I then got into the construction industry through that. Um, and really I would say, um, how I got into all these industries has always been true to networking. So within personal training, I was always talking to my clients to see what they were doing. One of them ended up um, hiring me for the telecom industry. I then went and um, sold steel and managed 60 men in six states in the steel industry. So in the construction industry, uh, networked still and met a ton of brokers and architects, engineers to get the steel specced and um, to get pushed down to the GCs and the contractors was the, was the plan. So then I um, eventually got picked up by JLL to be a commercial real estate broker. Um, so I did that a few months before um, COVID was when I started. So within that, you know, to keep my job, I was like, how am I going to keep my job when, you know, at that time, no one was even leaving their houses or apartments. Right. Um, and then I, I really leaned into the technology platform. It felt like a good way to support clients during that time. And um, that way, in within that, started networking into venture capital, and um, here I am now at JLL Spark. And tell us about the chief of staff role. Like, what is day to day like for you now? Yeah, I think it's always ever changing. So, really, chief of staff role uh, in my position is a second set of hands to our managing partner, Rushing. So, um, it really helps with managing uh, strategic initiatives. So things that I'm really excited about is global expansion. Uh, we just hired a couple of people, one in EMEA and one to stand up Spark China, and then go-to-market strategies to help our founders integrate better within the JLL ecosystem and to their clients to get them um, more business. So uh, those are the things I'm really passionate about. But as a as a day-to-day, -day, it could be within finance or HR operations. It really touches every part of the fund. Yeah, that's so cool. It's the CEO in training in some respects, right? Just touching every aspect of the business. The first time you and I met, 
you were a broker and then yes. we connected again in person like eight months later and you're like, oh, I'm the chief of staff now at JLL Spark. I was like, wait, what? Uh, can you just talk a little bit more about the transition? Like how that all came about and, and kind of what, what pushed you to take the leap? Yes. And I'll never forget meeting you because actually just a shout out to you, Kurt. I had been basically at that point outsourcing to my my poor brother who's um, software engineer. Um, he was in college at the time. He was graduating soon, but he um, he was trying to create something. I was trying to basically create what you've already created uh, because I'm like, I just can't keep doing it this way. So uh, <laughs> shout out to you because that was something I was literally looking for. So when I met you, I was, I was so excited, but really what had happened is, so when I was a broker, um, we were helping startups. We had a group, a startup practice group in Chicago, helping startups with real estate. Um, and then within that, you know, there's the VC ecosystem that funds the startup. So I had realized we had a fund in house. Why aren't we connecting the dots um, for both uh, the brokers to, to get more business within VCs and startups, but also, for more uh, deal flow to be sent to Spark. So had kind of created this partnerships uh, program at the time and just got really excited about connecting the dots. And it was just really awesome to help founders um, at the time when I was a broker and introduce them to uh, funding, to introduce them to the JLL ecosystem, to see if they can help us uh, with what we're doing. And then there was just a lot that I was interested in because I wanted technology to help enable me to do more client facing activities. Yeah. It's so interesting. The interplay, like all these different forces at play within what you were doing and how you're trying to be the connector from technology into JLL while you were broker, but then also using your own technology to win business. And it kind of was this perfect storm that it seems obviously like natural that it led, to, led you to that. Um, how do you think being a broker has helped you in your role today in kind of the venture capital side as you kind of begin to put that hat on more? Uh, it has been instrumental, I believe. And as you know, and I think we've talked about it in depth, but I believe that technology and then business are two different languages. Um, you know, I think it's helpful to be able to translate to, to help enable both sides to understand, you know, um, that really we're going for the same thing, which is to help uh, JLL and JLL's clients be more efficient, to help them with their own strategic initiatives. Um, and I think it's been helpful for me to, um, you know, go back to the brokers or other business lines and explain in a way that's um, not too technical so that they understand, hey, this is um, what the value add is, this is how you would use it. And then um, we're here, we're here to support and then vice versa. Uh, they have been sharing great, you know, also to, to our team, great advice of we wouldn't use this. We would, this is how the business runs. So I think really just being able to connect the dots again between the two has been super, super helpful. Um, as well as just knowing there's all these nuances in real estate that I realized once I got out of it, um, you really just can't learn unless you're, you've done it. Because right. still today, technology, you can learn it during, you know, doing different things, programs, college, uh, there's all these platforms, but real estate still, you learn it by doing it. It's still very much taught that way, you know, like go stack a building and then you got to go for, for those yeah. that don't know, like 
up to every floor and write down what tenants are there. And if you don't, you wouldn't know that unless you were in the industry. So I think just knowing those nuances has also been really helpful for, you know, when an investor sees an opportunity that would potentially help brokers, they, they bring me in to, to have a, diff, a new set of eyes that has more of the, the business side uh, focus. It's certainly like, I think that's one of the things, it's such a great answer. And it's one of the things that we deal with a lot when we're having conversations with the capital markets side, with the venture, other venture capitalists, we do have to spend some time educating them on just how the industry works, how deals actually take place today. And you have to take, you know, 15 minutes just to give a state of the state a little bit before you can talk about how this presents an opportunity for what we're doing at Lease Up or for commercial real estate technology in general. But with y'all, it doesn't, that doesn't have to happen. Right. Um, I think actually it takes time. Yeah, absolutely. It. Absolutely. And it owed a lot actually to you, I think, because you can be the voice of the brokerage community to the rest of the staff within Spark, right? Um, yeah, that's that's really, really interesting. Uh, and I think you, were ta- you and I were talking a little bit off air too about how being a broker, like just the sales training that it gives you and how it can help you in any other job you ever wanted to do, right? Um, absolutely. And just chasing, you know, you eat what you kill and, and that makes a lot of and sense. And relationships, 100%. you know, creating strong relationships. I think I think all those skills are transferable to, to any industry. Yeah, absolutely. I always tell people it was, it was gave me such, um, it gave me such good training for building a business, right? Cause you, you again, is yeah. you have to, you build your own brokerage business from the ground up, right? You're out there making the dials and things like that. And it's not easy in the absolutely. beginning, either is building the company. Um, right. you said something, you said something that, that struck me in the beginning when you talked about your career path, where it truly, it seems as though you'd gone from one male dominated industry to another in some respects, unfortunately, right? You were in the steel industry, you were in the construction industry, you got into the brokerage industry. And obviously this first season of the shift here, we're talking to women leaders in commercial real estate. Um, I, I feel as though women are, are outsizing um, men in terms of driving innovation into the market and into this industry in general. And I'd love to just hear any advice you'd give to other women who are just starting out in the industry um, in ways in which they can better their career. And I think I've always been impressed by how you've been able to kind of um, make yourself invaluable. And it seems in every single thing you've done throughout your career. So any advice you'd give to other women that are just starting out? Well, first of all, thank you. And I think um, there's been, I've been very fortunate in working at JLL because they have such a strong focus uh, there's like different groups, like there's a world uh, business network or women's business network as well, where they connect females and to, to have that connectivity, as well as different uh, diversity groups. And um, I feel very fortunate because I've been able to work really closely with different female leaders that have really helped change and in, inspire me and empower me. Um, some of those being like Karen Brennan, who's our CFO, Yao Marin is our chief data officer. And um, Cynthia Cantor, she leads our work dynamics business. I mean, these women, are, they treat me as if I'm an equal. And I think that has made a huge difference in me feeling comfortable enough to, to, to be strong and to, to keep leading and to also uh, to turn around and help others. So I think, you know, being, be, making sure that when you're working somewhere, especially in commercial real estate, that you have that kind of support or at least that in those firms, uh, it's, it's established already that they have um, something where you can go and lean on other women um, or people of, uh, of color in that regards. I also think networking externally is super, super, super helpful. It's, 
it's really been invaluable for me to network. You know, when I was a broker, I was networking with startups and VCs and um, found my own little group of girls. We call it, we have like a text group of the board of directors where if anyone needs anything, we, we text each other or we email each other, we uplift each other. And I think making sure no matter what industry, but especially in male dominated ones, to make sure you have people that you can lean on, that you can call, as well as ones that uh, empower you to to lead. So I think I've, I've been fortunate, but I think also like, you know, there's so many groups in the real estate industry, Cornet, Crew, um, NIOP, there's, there's so many groups that you can be a part of. And then when you find the right fit, like make sure you just, you find your own board of directors, so to speak, um, of women or, or others that can can help you. Because I think, the support is what really makes the difference. Yeah, it's interesting. You talk about kind of like two sides of it, of both like giving and then receiving. And in both cases, it's it's almost like approaching it with a sense of vulnerability and empathy, right? Where you're trying to be empathetic to others who are approaching you. And you mentioned some great names there, people who are really supportive to you, um, but then being vulnerable to even put yourself out there to have those conversations and ask for, for that, I think. Um, super powerful, right? For anyone listening, um, regardless of um, you know gender or otherwise. Um, so... Tell me about what you see coming in the market right now, right? Again, you're, in, you're on the tip of the spear, and it's why I love chatting with you all the time, because you see everything that's going on in the broker world and the Cretech world. Um, what are some of the big changes you've seen over kind of the last 18 months? What are things you kind of are excited about seeing in the next, you know, three years or so? I would say there's been an enormous focus on climate technology in general. And there seems to be, you know, those startups are hiring and there seems to be an, you know, an influx of a need, obviously because of the regulation, but um, to decarbonize the, the built world environment is just such a, a need um, and, and something that every company is focused on. So that has been something that has really obviously taken wind, but I see that being um, the future is climate tech for sure within the real estate industry. Also, I think the big, you know, question mark for everyone is what is the future of work going to be, you know, and I think the only way that it's possible to enable more of a hybrid environment is to have technology as as the backbone of that. So whether you're working from the office or working from home, what technology is out there? We've seen we've seen a lot that can connect and build culture while you might not be there physically in person. So I think those two are, have definitely been, um, you know, something we've seen a lot of, as well as um, I'd say one more is supply chain uh, lo- logistics technology, um, being able to support the industrial industry, which took off majorly when COVID started. I mean, it's always been um, a huge vertical within commercial real estate, but more than ever before. And I think having technology to help um, streamline inefficiencies within that industry to help clients um, is something that we've seen a lot of as well. How would you today, um, if you were back in the broker seat, how would you pitch with tech? Like how, how would you talk about it to tenants to, to try to, to win the, the business? So what I actually did was it like during the, you know, that time, because, yeah. um, um, you know, Sadia, um, she, her and I used to, to pitch together all the time and we, show technology but we said we did it as a story so we would show like how we would uh transact or be their real estate broker through the different technologies as a story like we're going to start here 
Um, we're going to figure out your needs. What do you need? How much space do you actually need? Um, let's monitor and figure that out. And then we'll go through the tour. Then we'd go through a virtual tour and show them the different layouts and spaces. Um, then, you know, coming to the point where the build out, um, we would figure out how much of, of what you needed and what the bottom line could be. And then all the way to the transaction. So we actually, we sold as a story versus showing at one or 16 tech demos. It was almost yeah. one technology demo, but it was actually a bunch of different technologies weaved into a story. So um, that seemed to resonate well with, you know, commercial real estate heads at the time. Yeah. And I think just like, think about how different it is if they're, if they're listening to, to 10 pitches from different teams. Oh man. Um, Bet you the other nine are going to be a PowerPoint <laughs> with slides of headshots, right? So uh, <laughs> obviously there's a reason why y'all were so successful with that, right? Um, how do you think that the transaction itself is going to feel different for the tenant in the coming years? Uh, I think it'll just be more automated, if that makes sense. Probably mm -hmm. somewhere where everything sits and they'll be able to, you know, sign off on something uh, quickly. They'll be able to get that data quickly, potentially have like a, a house for all of it. Um, probably it'll get to the point too, where there's more apps where they can on their phone, be able to make decisions um, to send quickly. I think it'll just probably be more streamlined, um, efficient, as well as have a little bit more transparency, potentially, um, you know, a lot less paper, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about climate tech. Yeah, that's one piece of it yeah. for sure. Yes. Less right. 50 page books. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and how, how do you think this is, uh, how, how do you think about collaboration amongst the brokerage teams right now? Right. I think that, that the complexity of deals is increasing. Tenants want more locations for the same footprint, right? If they used to be 35,000 square foot headquarters, now they'll have you know, four different, five different offices around the country. Is that something that you, that you all are focused on at all? Um, would just be curious to hear your thoughts on that. And what do you mean by collaboration within the brokers? Like within, you know, guess, just JLL or like the other firms? Yeah, sorry. For, sorry, for your teams and servicing those larger clients that all of a sudden probably didn't have quote unquote portfolio needs previously, um, but now may actually have those portfolio needs where, again, they have a hub and spoke model and things like that. That means you need to have more cross-functional collaboration amongst the different teams within JLL. Um, we'll just be curious to hear your thoughts on that, something that y'all are thinking about, looking at, and um, you know how you'd approach it, I guess, if you were a broker today. Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's a lot of different systems out there, right? And that we've seen a lot even to, to communicate. Um, I think, too... Um, looking at the portfolio holistically and be able to see, okay, in in two years, um, you know, who's, is it going to be a landlord favorable market? Is it going to be a tenant favorable market? Um, to be able to see all of that and integrate it to, to share, you know, the latest update. I think a lot of times, you know, there's so many calls and so many things that happen that get everyone up to speed. And it would be nice, um, you know, in the future to be like, all right, this is where we're at. This is the data. This is what, you know, my client in, in this place is looking for um, and just give all, all the metrics um, more so in a way where it's data driven versus, um, you know, getting them up to speed. What do they do? Uh, you know, what are you seeing right now to, to just be able to streamline that? I think 
is one thing. Um, and then be able to have a platform where everyone communicates, adds in, um, you know, checks off that they edit in, what's the next step, who's next, you know, to be able to almost project manage uh, the transaction is kind of what yeah. I foresee. Yep. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Um, I think the collaboration aspect is coming, right? I think it's going to be really, really important for the market. What would you recommend that brokers do to keep their kind of ear to the street a little bit when it comes to better understanding the capital markets and better understanding the venture market? I think they can learn a lot from that. Um, it's a unique way of gathering a pulse in the market in general for their clients. What would you suggest they do to be able to kind of, again, you know, better understand what's going on day to day within the venture community and capital market community? I think there's just so many resources out there. It's really just staying up to date. I mean, um, I don't know about you, but I've definitely subscribed to a lot of newsletters, um, like for both. I think, you know, being able to just uh, have a pulse and talking voice and see what's going on in the market um, in doing that is one way. And then also going to kind of like what I did prior, going to these uh, prop tech events or, um, you know, speaking to, to people and reaching out and just, you know, actually developing a relationship. I think that goes a long way too, is just uh, the in-person, because you hear a lot when you go to events about what people are doing and you, you can gather so much insight just from even going to an event and talking to others. Yeah, that's what I always tell brokers that they're so good at understanding what's going on in the market and these little nuances of actually what's happening in the real estate market in the city. They can talk about it all day. I'm like, just take 5% of that and focus it on learning the tech and focus it on learning what's going on in the venture capital market. It's going to serve you well um, you know, right. over the coming years if you do that, right? Because they're so good. They want to learn so much and they're sponges. I think the best brokers are, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And a lot of them, you know, I, at least from JLL's standpoint, a lot of them that I uh, collaborate, collaborate with, their clients want to know uh, as well. So they seem to be on the front edge of knowing exactly what their clients want, being able to connect the dots. And I think those are the best uh, brokers, the ones that understand that and stay up to date and uh, have interactions with Spark you know, consistently. I think those brokers are definitely the ones that are going to be the future of brokerage. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the startups of today are the ones that are going to be the massive companies of tomorrow and the technology that they're, that they're building and utilizing are going to be ones that are going to be foundational to any business in the future, right? So obviously, again, we'll just serve you. Um, how are you innovating today? What are you doing to be innovative? I think it's actually, I was thinking about this question a little bit uh, when you sent it to me. I think what I, the way I'm innovating is by connecting because I think you can't really be innovative if you can't actually connect um, the innovation and have it be integrated. So I think my the way that I'm innovating is really just finding different ways um, to connect not just brokers but other business lines uh, to our technology and understanding you know what motivates them, what their day to day looks like, and ways that I can connect our portfolio companies in a major way so that you know. I think really the way I innovate is by basically seeing where we can connect the two dots and um, understanding what's going to be helpful for both sides. So that's, yeah, you know, I feel like not super innovative, but I think it's, it's a way to actually get, um, you know, different things done in a way that um, just takes, to your point, takes a step back to be that 5% to say, okay, wait, like, what is 
this person doing all day and what could be helpful for them? Let's listen to what their day-to-day is and then vice versa and see if we, there could be a connection in the middle. Yeah, I think again, like just the idea, it's it's a great answer and I think it's powerful. And I think it gives you guys as a firm a leg up um, if compared to if there were companies that, that weren't doing it in that way, meaning that there could be companies, other big brokerages where there's so much separation between the people who are doing the work who are the brokers, people supporting the brokers and the upper level decisions um, that are being made towards technology strategy and technology implementation. So just seeking to be the conduit and trying to make a conscious decision uh, as you are of being the voice and kind of bridging the two, it's it's incredibly powerful. So um, awesome. Well, you are the best. Thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate it. Um, And everyone, I hope you got a lot out of this episode. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.